Welcome to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. I am Dr. John, the guide for your heroic journey towards greater health, success, and most importantly, happiness. Hey everybody, this is Dr. John, and a quick PSA regarding my new virtual men's group that meets on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific time. There's only a few spots left, but I thought you might want to know about it. It's a quick, easy, and cheap way to work with me. And maybe some of you have a career. Maybe you've made some money. Maybe you have a reputation for yourself at work. But maybe what you lack is things like happiness or purpose, a fulfilling relationship or a healthy sex life, the passion, happiness, and ease that you once had with your spouse, an emotion other than numbness, disconnection, or irritability. This group is for men who are trying to be values-driven, interested in lifelong learning, and curious about how to become the best possible versions of themselves. The group is not for men who want to remain in the comfort zone while sitting at home watching TV. So again, group meets weekly, Wednesday, 7 p.m. It's only $95 per session, and you can call 510-863-0057 for more details. That's 510-863-0057. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. John back with the latest episode of The Evolved Caveman. And today I am talking about attachment styles. And prior to getting into attachment styles, I have to say that I was watching, uh, who was it, John Oliver today, talk about AI. And part of that was the chat GPT conversation. And one of the things they were saying is, you know, we fear that new technological developments will replace us and, and take our jobs, which in some cases may be true. And it's also going to create new jobs. But one of the things that was said, which really kind of got me thinking, was the idea that the people that do well in occupations as we move forward will make use of the technology as tools. And one of the quotes was something about, so lawyers who don't use AI will be crushed by lawyers who do use AI, for example. So in that vein, I am using ChatGPT today to kind of write the rough draft of this podcast on attachment styles. And then I went through and edited it to make it, I guess, better, more me. But uh, as far as I could tell, there wasn't really any mistakes in it. So kind of interesting experiment. Um, in any case, so attachment styles. So attachment styles are all about how we relate to other human beings. And, you know, since a key pillar of a happier life is relationships, these attachment styles become critically important. And these styles have to do with the ways in which people form and maintain relationships with others. They're based on the way a person was raised and the experiences they have had in their life. So it's partly about how you were parented, partly about the experiences you've had since you were a young child. There are three main attachment styles, secure, anxious, and avoidant. Secure, anxious, and avoidant. And each of these styles has its own unique characteristics, and perhaps most importantly for those of us who don't have a secure attachment style, these styles can be changed with awareness, effort, and practice. And these styles begin to develop in infancy in response to how your primary caregivers, usually your mom and dad, but it can be others, 
how those people responded to your needs and to your emotions. And they were originally discovered by John Bowlby. And this idea was extended in the 1960s and 70s by Mary Ainsworth, among others. Attachment means an affectional bond or a tie between an individual and an attachment figure. Such bonds may be reciprocal between two adults, but between a child and a caregiver, these bonds are based on the child's need for safety, security, and protection, which is tremendously important in infancy and childhood. I would also argue that these needs are important in the workplace, in our friendships, and in our romantic relationships as adults as well. For example, a recent Google study found that the top trait of a high-performing team at work was a feeling of safety and security. So who knew? Getting your attachment needs met at work leads to greater productivity. The relationship that a child has with their attachment figure is perhaps most important in situations involving real or perceived threat. When we're very young, knowing that mom or dad is nearby and will respond in a nurturing and calming way decreases our fear when faced with threatening situations. Having a decreased level of fear and excitement is important for general mental wellness. It is also helpful in creating greater resiliency and allows us to deal better with anxiety provoking situations. Now, infants will form attachments to any caregiver who is consistently attuned and responsive to their needs. And the quality of engagement is more important than the quantity of time spent. So let me say that again. The quality of your engagement with an infant or a child is more important than the quantity or how much time you spend with that person. I think a lot of parents beat themselves up on this one. Now, the biological mother is the usual main attachment figure, but the role can also be met by a father or a nanny or anyone else who acts in a nurturing, responsive, caring way over time. And since I'm a big fan of fathers who actively engage in child rearing, it's important to note that a secure attachment to a father who is, quote, a secondary attachment figure can also buffer any possible negative impact of a less than ideal attachment to a mother who may not be responding in a timely, caring, or responsive manner for any number of reasons, depression, addiction, anxiety, who knows. Threats to a feeling of safety and security in older children and adults arise from prolonged absence of the mom or dad or the nanny or that attachment figure. So you can have a threat to that feeling of safety when the caregiver is gone for a while, when there's breakdowns in communication that lead to a feeling of disconnection, when there is emotional withdrawal or stonewalling, or when there are signs of rejection or abandonment. And one of the key points in these attachment styles is that more recent research has shown that our social development and these attachment styles are affected by later as well as earlier relationships. So our attachment style can be impacted by our current or past romantic relationships, our friendships, as well as our relationship with our primary caregivers. And I saw this most recently in my relationship with Jory, where my avoidant attachment style would lead to withdrawal and stonewalling at times. And my behaviors made her more anxious in her attachment style, which was the anxious attachment style. And this anxious attachment style was accompanied at times by panic, pursuit, and a difficulty giving me space to calm down. And this 
dynamic fueled my avoidant attachment style, making me want to create more distance between us, which created more anxiety in her wanting connection. And this is known as the anxious avoidant trap. So let me get into the three main styles of attachment so you've got a better understanding of these terms. So the three styles, again, are secure, anxious, and avoidant. And I've been doing a lot of research into them lately, as I believe this is one of the main reasons Jory and I broke up recently, or I broke up with Jory recently, which may have been a big screw up, but we'll talk about that later. However, it's also my belief that with the wake-up call of a breakup, it can lead to greater awareness and self-work that we can change these styles and ultimately come back together. All right, so the first attachment style, secure attachment style, the most common and healthy of the three styles. People with a secure attachment style are comfortable with intimacy and closeness. They're able to trust and rely on others. They can express their emotions and feelings openly and are comfortable with being emotionally vulnerable and expressing their needs in relationship. They're also able to maintain healthy boundaries and respect the boundaries of others. A secure attachment style provides you with the following abilities or traits. One, the capacity to be present to oneself and with others. Two, the ability to attune to others' emotions. Three, a sense of safety and security. Four, the desire to protect oneself and others. Five, the capacity and desire for loving touch. Six, the ability to do what's called a beam gleam, the look in one's eyes that signals you are important to me. Seven, greater playfulness. Eight, the skill of relaxing into and trusting relationship. And nine, the ability to make repair attempts and receive them well. And this skill alone leads to an 85% chance of having a higher quality and more satisfying relationship. Now, the anxious attachment style is characterized by a fear of abandonment. And, and this is a deep fear of abandonment and a need for constant reassurance. People with anxious attachment styles often feel insecure and have difficulty trusting others. They may also be overly clingy and have difficulty setting boundaries. To change an anxious attachment style, it's important to focus on developing self-confidence and self-esteem. It's also important to practice healthy communication and be open to feedback from others. Self-care, being mindful of one's own needs and wants enter into the equation. And as a partner to someone with an anxious attachment style, reassurance becomes critical. When Jory and I would get into a disagreement, at first I would get flooded emotionally and stonewall after 15 to 20 minutes as I did not want to say anything in anger that might hurt her feelings. However, she would interpret this as abandonment and would pursue me either physically, emotionally, or conversationally. After we looked at this dynamic, I began to be able to let her know in the heat of the moment, hey, I'm getting flooded. I need 15 minutes to calm down. But she still would, at some level, at an emotional level, interpret that as abandonment. With more revision, the next step was voicing this and the phrase, and I will be back. I'm not going anywhere. And this last phrase was to help her self-regulate and remind her that I wasn't abandoning her. I was just taking a break. Her work in these difficult moments was to be aware of her emotional state, 
typically fear and panic, and to practice self-soothing. Self-talk saying something like, I'm okay, he's not leaving me, he just needs a break, breathe, this is all going to work out, take a deep breath. Now, the avoidant attachment style is characterized by a fear of intimacy and a need for independence. People with this style often have difficulty trusting others and may be overly independent. They may have been hurt by others repeatedly in the past. They may not have been able to look to their caregiver for reassurance, empathy, or comfort. They may also have difficulty expressing their emotions and feelings and may be uncomfortable with being vulnerable. To change an avoidant attachment style, it's important to focus on developing self-awareness and understanding of your own feelings and emotions. You also want to work on trusting your partner and being open to feedback. And I was surprised to learn that I have some avoidant attachment characteristics. And these, these characteristics showed up for me in disagreement at times and were often commingled with shame. So when I'd get flooded in an argument, for a few moments, I would hear a resigned voice in my head saying things like, ah, you're no good in relationship. She'd be better off without you. You suck at this. You're just going to hurt her. Things like that. And those are, those are, not, those are damaging messages. And that's shame the belief that I am unworthy of love, connection, and belonging. And it doesn't last long, but they're pretty damning beliefs. And I believe these two, shame and an avoidant attachment style, tend to go hand in hand. On to the heart of the matter. So how do you go from an anxious or avoidant attachment style to a secure one? Well, as I said before, to develop a secure attachment style, you want to focus on building safety, honesty, trust in your relationships. And this can be done by being consistent and reliable in your interactions with others, being radically open and honest in your communication, and by showing genuine care and concern for the other person. Additionally, it's critical to be mindful of your own emotions and be able to recognize and express them in a healthy way. It's also important to be able to accept and respect the other person's feelings and boundaries. And maybe at this point, you can see where the man box culture really screws us up in these areas as men. Most men I've worked with do not have great emotional awareness or emotional vocabulary. For instance, the average man can name only three emotions in their body. Something like good, bad, angry, or happy, sad, angry. And that's pretty basic. Most men aren't overly self-aware in terms of what's going on in their mind, their heart, or their body. They aren't tremendously self-aware of how they impact others emotionally. Our man box upbringing teaches us to be stoic, self-reliant, and tough. But none of these encourage us to explore how we feel, how we communicate, what our needs are, or how to assert a boundary in a healthy way. The good news that is that it's never too late to start. I had a PhD in psychology and was almost 30 when I realized I was an emotional idiot. And so I made a conscious decision to work on these areas. So in closing, attachment styles can be changed with awareness, effort, and understanding. It's important to focus on developing self-awareness, 
an understanding of your own emotions and feelings, and important to practice healthy communication. You want to practice self-care and mindfulness, and then practice and work on setting healthy boundaries and being comfortable with being vulnerable. Because with effort and practice, it is possible to change one's attachment style and to be more secure in your relationships. And that is it for this brief solo cast on attachment styles. I hope this has been helpful to you. If it has, please feel free to like, rate, review, and share. If not, you don't have to do a damn thing. Thanks so much. This is Dr. John signing off. Thank you for listening to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. If you like what you've heard, support us by subscribing, leaving reviews, and sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues. For the latest, most powerful tools to connect with like-minded men, join the Facebook group at The Evolved Caveman. Follow Dr. John on Instagram at The Evolved Caveman, all one word, or join the email list by visiting guidetoself.com. 